Hey friends, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm Rob Kosberg, and every week I show you how to use a best-selling book to grow your income and your impact. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, I recorded a short video explaining our trademarked process at beginmybook.com. I read a great book. Uh, as I said, I just got back from uh, my trip to New York. So, you know, nonstop flight to New York. I love to read, uh, which that's at least good, seeing as I own uh, bestseller publishing. But I read this book by Keith Cunningham called The Road Less Stupid. And I was attracted. I, I, I know of Keith. Uh, I know some of the things that he teaches. He's a, a great CEO and, uh, and business coach. And I was attracted by the title of it, right? Books are bought on covers and titles. So there you go. And uh, I knew in general what it was about, but I wanted to dive in. So I read the entire book on the flight out, which is about a five-hour flight. So you can get through the whole book in about five hours. And uh, then on the way back, uh, actually, while I was in New York, uh, I spent a little bit of time uh, in between appointments and all those various things. Um, uh, I spent some time just really thinking through what I learned from the book and then going back through it. And then, of course, on the flight back, I did some of that as well. And that's really what I wanted to share with you today is I want to talk to you today about, I think, one of the most overlooked areas in our business growth in, you know, using our books, writing our books, communicating with our ideal audience. And that is having uh, what, what Keith calls thinking time. And I've always done that, uh, but perhaps not as organized as, uh, as Keith has and, I, and not as regularly as he has. And so it really uh, has motivated me to really kind of up my game when it comes to uh, thinking time. And, uh, you know, I've heard it discussed in a couple of different ways in the past. I, I've heard it discussed as, you know, you should really be working, spending time working on the business instead of in the business, right? And most of us, we're in the business the majority of the time, meaning that if we're a coach, we're coaching. If we're a consultant, we're consulting. If we're a doctor, we're doctoring, right? Uh, and yet there needs to be times that we're really thinking outside of the actual doing of our expertise and thinking instead about what it means to grow our business, what it means to, uh, you know, reach certain milestones within our business, why we're not maybe reaching goals if we want to, why there are certain aspects of our businesses that aren't growing or, or any of our life for that merit matter that aren't growing the way that we want to. He said something in the beginning of the book that to me really rang true. And those of you that know my story know that, you know, I, I ran a pretty successful real estate related business in the early 2000s. And then when 2008 rolled around, that business went all the way to zero and I rode it all the way into the ground. And I, I often look back at that time and I think, you know, what, what would I have done differently that could have helped me to avoid it? And oftentimes, you know, you see entrepreneurs go through really difficult times in their business and they learn from it, hopefully, right? Hopefully I learned from it and that makes them more prepared in the future. But I would dare say that I think that I could have avoided the, certainly the depth of pain that I experienced in 2000, 2008, 2009, 
on into writing my first book, Life After Debt, which is right up there. And, uh, and then the growing of my financial services company. I think I could have avoided it had I spent more time really thinking about the challenges, the obstacles, the difficulties, and what we were experiencing in the marketplace. Because looking back now with 2020 Vision, I look at that and I go, it was obvious, right? And I wasn't a kid. I was in my early 40s at that time. It was obvious that there were some real holes that some people, smart people, saw. And oftentimes it's not because of their intellect or because of their IQ, perhaps, but it's because they really thought about it and thought about what the holes were. So I think, you know, we, we've using, you know, furthering this, this point of discussion. We have been on a bull run in the markets and in the economy for over 10 years now, which, which actually is the largest bull run, meaning growth of the markets and the economy in history. So there's no question that we are going to be facing some turmoil in the markets. Whether it's a recession in 2020 or 2021 or not, I don't know. Whether it's you know a 20% dip in the markets or a 50% dip in the market, I, I don't know any of those things. But what I do know is that we can't keep growing forever, right? Things are as good now in one sense as they have been uh, in our generation, right? Lowest unemployment, cheapest money. So it's, it's time, again, using this same train of thought, that some real thought goes into, okay, what does the future look like? And am I, are you, are we prepared for an economy that perhaps isn't as good in the future as it is right now? And that may lead to a hundred other questions, but I think this idea of thinking time and having, and I'm, I'm committing to doing this at least two or three times a week now, I think this idea of thinking time can really help you to avoid some of the tremendous pain that is avoidable for the future. So let me, what I want to do is I want to give you, I've, I've given you in one sense the, the reason for it, right? I'm, I'm trying to give you a little bit of the purpose and the idea behind it. But now I want to actually spend some time and break down some of the basics that I learned from the book and, and give you a framework to which to work within. And then perhaps even talk about, okay, what might this look like in something like writing a book, creating content? What might it look like in ensuring that our businesses continue to grow, even if there are dips in the market or challenges to the economy, et cetera? So let me give you five kind of things, if you will, that you need to think about when it comes to setting up and organizing thinking time. Prior to the five things, let me give you a base foundation. Number one, thinking time is something that should be done regularly. It should be done in solitary. It should be done in quiet, right? It should be done when you don't have access to all of your materials and, and your phone and Facebook is going off or Messenger is going off or any of those things. It doesn't need to be long. 45 minutes to an hour is all that's really needed. And having it at least once or twice a week in, in at a 45 to 60 minute slot can really help you to create a lot of progress in your life and in your business. So let me give you the five things now and, and I'll walk you through this idea so that you can craft your own thinking time 
to come up with the solutions to the challenges that you may be facing right now in your life and business, uh, or you most certainly will face as the economic times become, you know, more tumultuous. So number one, you need to find the unasked question in your thinking time. Find the unasked question. What does that mean? It means that oftentimes it's not the solution that is as important as making sure that you're asking the right question in your life and in your business. So instead of a question like, you know, why is my business not growing? Or, you know, why can't I get uh, Facebook ads to work in my business? Or why is my book not selling? Um, you need to reframe it in such a way that you can come up with a solution that really is viable. So a, a better frame of the question might be, instead of why is my book not selling, it might be how might I sell more copies of my book so that I can achieve right, uh, greater client attraction or more speaking engagements or fill in the blank. So how might I blank so that I can blank? It's not enough just to ask the first part of that question also. It's important that you ask both parts of those questions, right? So that you really have a great framework for it. How might I achieve blank? Not the negative version of, you know, why is it not selling or why is my business not growing or why do my Facebook ads suck or fill in the blank, but instead, how might I achieve this so that I can get the ultimate goal that I'm looking for? That's, that's number one, find the unasked question. Number two, separate the problem from the symptom. Separate the problem from the symptom. If you've ever been to any of our client events that we do or any of the BSP events that we do, one of the things that I always talk about is I talk about finding the gap, right? We talk about, you know, the, the desires, the, the wants and aspirations. We talk about the challenges and then we talk about, okay, what's the gap there? What's the, the missing piece? And oftentimes when we ask questions or when we think about a problem that we're facing, all we're really focused on is the symptom of that, right? The, again, the Facebook ads aren't working. I'm not losing weight. I'm not getting referrals in my business. My business isn't growing. My book isn't selling. That is the symptom. That's really not the problem. That is the symptom. So you, you have to understand most people are identifying the gap in the problem, which is nothing more than the symptom. So you have to take a step back and you need to ask yourself a better question so that you don't just identify the symptom, but you really dive down and, and begin to discover what is the problem that is causing this symptom that I'm experiencing right now. That's number two. Number three, always check assumptions. Check assumption, assumptions. So you may, for example, if we use the, the idea of your books not selling enough copies, you may think the assumption is that, you know, maybe Amazon isn't promoting my book enough or your publisher is not promoting, which I hear that a lot, right? People come to us a lot from even traditional publishers and are like, you know, my publisher sucks and they don't promote my book. And you're right, they don't. <laughs> That's part of the reason that we exist because we have our system to promote our clients' books during the launch and all that stuff. But that's nothing more than the assumption that 
it's in the publisher's hands to do all of this. You need to check your assumption and you need to think to yourself, what am I not seeing in this problem? And start asking yourself questions so that you begin seeing the bigger picture, right? Taking full responsibility for the problem that's being faced and asking the right questions so that you can come to the answer of it. Number four, number three was check assumptions. Number four, consider second order consequences. If you do discover, let's say, a solution to not just the symptom, but the problem, you need to start asking yourself, okay, having this problem solved gives me an upside. What is the upside? Having this problem solved gives me a downside, potentially. What is the downside? And can I live with the downside? You know, if the downside to the solution to one of your problems is that you need to hire more staff or the solution is something that's going to uh, require some type of ongoing cost, you'll have to think, right? Can I live with the additional cost involved in solving this problem? Or is the upside worth it? So these are questions that you have to ask yourself to ensure that you're looking at both the upside and the downside to the solution that you're coming up with. And then number five, and I'm going to give you a couple of other ideas, is when you decide that the solution is worth pursuing and you've checked your assumptions and you've asked the question and you've discovered a solution to not just the symptom, but the problem, you need to think in terms of creating the machine, creating the machine that is going to, on an ongoing basis, continue to solve this problem. It's not just about activity, but it's about doing something different so that the result you're looking for is constantly happening. So let me give you a, like a real life example. One of the things that I've been thinking about lately with bestseller publishing is, you know, we get some of our best clients from referrals. But as you know, we spend a lot of money and I write books and, and have a big email list and, and we're using social media like crazy because we're always bringing new clients in. We're always letting new people know about who we are. And that is one of our strategies and that's a really important strategy and I recommend that to all of you. However, when you're bringing in 15, 20, 25 new clients via social media every single month, the assumption is we should be getting referrals that are continuing to grow as well from these clients that we're successfully helping to launch their book to bestseller, get on media and PR. And you know what we offer at BSP. We guarantee the results. So, you know, we have clients every single day that are appearing on TV and that are appearing on podcast and, and radio and blogs and all kinds of cool things. And so I'm asking myself, why are we not getting more referrals from these clients that wow, we just booked them on nine television appearances. They're, they're thrilled. They're posting all over social media about how, you know, and they're showing their TV appearance and they're just so excited. Why are we not referring? Why are we not getting more referrals from clearly super excited clients? So I, I, I've begun, I haven't spent a, a, a solid thinking time on it, but this is something that I'm going to be diving into for a couple reasons. I just shared in the entire beginning part of this about, hey, 10 years of economic growth, 10 years of success uh, in the markets, we're going to have a dip. You know, if, if we have a business that's driven even 25, 30, 40% by referrals, that would be a massive boost. And I spend no money. 
right? I might get my clients some gifts. I might, you know, thank them in, in some ways, but, but not like the tens of thousands of dollars that we're spending every single week on social media marketing. So, so a referral strategy can really help if the economy dips. And even if it doesn't dip, we want to have a referral strategy. We want to help more great people that are being sent to us. So, so I'm thinking, okay, this is a problem worth solving, right? This is a problem worth taking a deeper look into for a number of reasons for the future, as well as for the present. We know we're, uh, successfully doing the things that we're promising our clients. So we need to ask ourselves, okay, what am I not seeing, right? What, what, uh, the symptom is we're not getting as many referrals as I think we should get. But that's not the problem. That's the symptom. So I need to begin looking at the assumptions that I'm making. Number one, we don't have any system in place to ask for referrals. So all these great things may be happening, but if no one is asking at that time, you know how it is. I mean, Goodness, I can leave a fantastic restaurant that I am just thrilled with the meal that I have. But you know what? I'm probably not telling anybody about it the next day because I've already forgotten. And I'm thinking about the next thing or I'm thinking about myself. So truth be told, there needs to be some kind of system in place for us, all the members of Bestseller Publishing, not me, not just me, not just the author uh, development coaches, but the entire team. Right. So, so now the, the question begins coming into frame. Okay. I, I see some of the problems, problems, one of the problems, not all of them, but one of the problems is we're not asking. So then it's, well, why are we not asking for referrals? I mean, there could be a lot of reasons for that. We don't have a system in place. Certainly. Um, you know, maybe there needs to be some coaching and training around the employees on how to do that. Right. So it doesn't feel weird. Maybe they feel uncomfortable right? Because it could feel like a little, a little swarmy, like, oh, we're, we've done this for you. Now give us something in return. But you know what? What I've learned is when I have a great meal at a restaurant or when I experience great service, I want to tell other people about that great service. So if, some, if a waiter said, hey, you know, here's our card, you know, please share it with someone else, I'd go, of course, this was fantastic. So, so perhaps there, there are things like training, like like helping people to, to get around maybe the emotional kind of fear of asking for the referral. So there's lots of, there's lots of pieces that begin to reveal themselves when we think about the symptom, the symptom being not, not enough referrals, the problem being we don't have a system, we're not asking, we're not coaching and training, et cetera, et cetera. So a thinking time, right? And, and by the way, uh, one thinking time may not be enough to really boil down a solution to this kind of a problem, right? It may take several thinking times to really decide on the first kind of measured attack that we're going to take. Uh, and then it may take ultimate, you know, ultimately more thinking times to figure out, okay, we're doing better, we're, we're up, uh, our referrals have doubled, but you know, we can still do better or people need more training or fill in the blank. Now, so I'm giving you a real life example of something that I've been thinking about in light of everything from the economy to the number of clients that we serve to the results that we get our clients, et cetera, right? This is for me. What you need to do is you need to start asking some questions for yourself and for your business, right? If your book has been out for any length of time, 
and you're looking at your book and it's not driving new clients to you. It's not getting you speaking engagements like you want. It's not getting you on the media. Then you need to start asking yourself some hard questions. This is not just going to happen magically and by itself. You need to take some time, thinking time, and really discover, okay, I see the symptom clearly. I want more speaking engagements and I'm not getting it. Or I want more clients and I'm not getting them from my book. And so now you've got the symptom. You need to start thinking through, okay, let's separate the problem from the symptoms. What are the problems that are leading to this symptom? And then what am I not seeing? Check for your assumptions, right? Consider the consequences of, okay, here's the upside. Here's the downside. When you begin thinking through all of this, and by the way, right? On this subject matter, I talk about it every single week, right? This is one of the off weeks where I've decided to talk about a book that I read that's really helped me. But this is something that you need to be thinking about on a regular basis for your business and how you wish to use your book. This is your greatest asset in your business. I'm telling you, this is a supercharger. This is so powerful. It is your greatest asset. But if you don't have through your own thinking time, it figured out how to use this to get what you want, right? How might I use my book more so that I can gain more clients? If you haven't really come up with the solutions to that problem, you know, only you can do that for your business. So a thinking time weekly, one, two, three times where you're just pulling away for 45 minutes, 60 minutes, et cetera, and you're really thinking through Okay, let's get some clarity. What are the reasons? Uh, why am I seeing this symptom? Uh, what's happening that, uh, that if it stopped happening, this would change? Or what isn't happening that if it did happen, this would change? By the way, I have several other notes. I'll post those for you guys. But I wanted to share this with you because it was powerful enough for me to decide to make some changes. And, and the changes for, for me are I want to do this more often, not less often. And there are certain things, I'm a pretty disciplined person, but there are certain things that I have struggled with in one way or another within my business for a long time, within my business, within my personal life, where I go, you know what, I need to, it's not enough just to buy a thing, right, to fix this problem. It's not enough just to throw money at it, right? Uh, you know, that, that's what people want to do when they are struggling losing weight, right? What do we do? We throw money at a Peloton. I got one. I wrote it this morning though, right? So we throw money at it thinking that the machine is going to fix it, but the machine doesn't fix it because the machine is just, just, you know, something that makes us feel good that we think will, you know, cure this symptom. The reality is there's an underlying problem that we need to get to. It may be in our own discipline. It may be in the timing of, of things. It may be in the type of exercise, whatever it is, but we've got to get to that thing before we can really craft the kind of solution that would really perhaps be revolutionary for your life, your business, et cetera. And what's going to change that? Well, for me, I believe is, is the thinking time. Hey, thanks for listening in on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast because every week I bring you either great guests or great teaching to help you to grow your income and your impact with a best-selling book. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, check out my short video, which explains our trademark process at beginmybook.com.